Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I'm always amazed at a lot of these diseases and stuff that they talk about, even the flus and things that we get, how much it does affect the lungs, the very thing that God wants to fill, uh, you know, fill your lungs with air so that you can worship God. Can't worship if you can't breathe. Amen. Thank God every time we pray, those, that's why I like those real uh, intercessory prayer meetings where the Spirit really gets to move. I like to just breathe that atmosphere. I mean, there's healing in that. I mean, they're, they're, there's healing. I've seen healing in the atmosphere so tangible. Sometimes you'd almost think you could just take and cut a chunk out and take it home with you. Amen. And I'm telling you, that which we used to see in the days gone by, we're fixing to see something even on an even greater scale, even greater level. I have such an anticipation. I've never had an anticipation in me like that. And I've watched men over the years, especially as men aged and grew into their ministries and grew into that which God wanted them to do. And many of them had great success, big buildings, tons of money and all this kind of stuff. But it's like they kind of lost their, their passion for the real spark and the touch of God. Amen. Now it stirs in them. I've seen it stir in them uh, from time to time. Many of them have gone on to the reward. But I like those that just stayed true to the end, stirred up. Amen. That went, went to their reward the way they said they would go. By faith, trusting God the whole way. Listen, we've been inspired by a generation. And in that generation's inspiration, listen, this generation needs to rise to new levels. And we're seeing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. In your Bibles, if you will, just for a few moments before we receive our communion and see where the Spirit of God takes us, what direction He takes us in, go to Galatians, excuse me, Revelations. You find it here. I believe it's in chapter 3. I think if I can find it here. I had it marked. This is the, you know, where they begin to talk about the different churches. Uh, this was the church at Philadelphia the Lord began to speak to in verse 7. It said the angel, now some translators and even some uh, 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 you know, people that, that minister a lot on uh, uh, end times and eschatology, they agree that the word angel literally is speaking to the pastors of the church. It should have been uh, translated as the pastoral, as the pastoral or the pastor's gift. Now, I don't know that. I've never really studied that out. But, you know, it's really not, uh, the, the content of what's being said is very clear. Amen. To the angel of the church at Philadelphia, uh, write these things. Saith he that is holy, uh, he that is true, uh, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, he that shutteth and no man openeth. Isn't it amazing these descriptive things they give us of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation? It's powerful. It says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. No man can shut, for thou hast little strength and hast kept, thy wor uh, kept my word. Thou hast had little strength, and thou hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are, were Jews. These are people that were greatly withholding the move of God back then, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Now notice this. 
Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Woo! Everybody say woo! Woo! Now I was I was I was praying. I said, Lord, now I need a, I need something descriptive to kind of help people. Uh, we need to locate ourselves in the Word. I mean, we can get up and prophesy things by the Spirit. That's all well and good. But I'm telling you, when we're moving into, especially what I call sovereign country, country in which God is, uh, country in which God has things planned that are sovereign in His sovereign plan or will. Things like the rapture of the church, uh, the great tribulation uh, time that comes, the seven years that that Israel has to pay back, all that God does in that tri- tribulation when it comes. To judgment, then the great second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the judgment seat of Christ in heaven, the, uh, the, the supper of the Lamb, the great marriage supper. I mean, all of this is fixing to happen. I mean, it's going to happen so fast and so quick. And listen, we're going to get caught up in that. Now listen, here's what I want you to, to understand by the word. You're either going to get caught up in that or you're going to get caught up in something else. And we need to understand as the church and as men and women of God and as children of God that it's easy to get caught up in the world. To get caught up in all the things of the world. This literally speaks of something coming upon the entire world that's going to try the whole world. That's going to be trouble and tribulation. We're entering into those days right now. They try the hearts of men and women. They try the courage of men and women. And you can get on on the internet and look at all kinds of statistics of all kinds of things that are going on. But I'm telling you, we've just spent a very dire two years in which some very incredible things have happened. And in the midst of that, much of the church has just kind of sat by and thought, well, what's God going to do? Well, we know what God's going to do. God's going to continue to thrust His church into the harvest. That's what He's doing. Right in the midst of all of this, you say, why? Because there's such glory in the harvest that no matter what goes on in the world, what God is sweeping away by His power and by His anointing, amen, will keep you free from being swept away by the world and the world system. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been swept away. Now, I have spiritually uh, three different times in prayer where I've literally been swept away and didn't know if I was going to come back. I mean, it was one time in Lakewood praying with the intercessors of Lakewood Church. That happened to me. And I tell you, I don't know what happened. The Spirit of God fell on me. All of a sudden, I was very aware of of everything eternal. I mean, there's just barely no way. I was swept away. Me and another another young man, both of us, it happened to both of us. And we were walking into our class at 8 o'clock. That was the time when uh, our classes started. Everyone in there said, where have y'all been? What have y'all been doing? Where have you been? We can see the glory of God on you. Well, I got swept away. Happened again uh, uh, right before I, I left my, my home, my parents' home, and, and Lee and I got married. It happened again. Then it happened in a hotel room in, uh, in Huntsville, Texas, praying during a, uh, when I was praying during a series of meetings I was preaching. I, I mean, what I mean by swept away is you're, is you're taken away by something and you don't know if you're coming back. You just don't know if you're... Now, I experienced that in sin. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in sin. But I did several times where I got swept away. Didn't know if I, I, I thought I might die. I mean, you go to the right concert, do the right drugs, and they'll sweep you away. I mean, it'll, it'll sweep you away. And you're like, I hope I come back from this. I mean, if you've never been someplace where you were really scared, don't go there. <laughs> it's not worth going there. But I want you to know one of the things that God is going to begin to do is He's going to begin to sweep people away and sweep churches away and sweep whole plans of God. And He's just going to sweep them away into His presence and power. And you may get caught up in something that if you yield to it to its fullest, it may take you over. 
You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm telling you in the great revivals that has happened upon this earth, the great awakenings that have took place since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, there have been times in which the Spirit of God has swept whole communities away by the power of God where people could not even drink in the bars. They couldn't commit sin. People that were working in the coal mines of the Welsh bottomlands there, they worked in the coal mines. The men would go every day to work and work 12 hours a day. And every night they'd be in church for eight hours. They never slept, were never tired, and were the most productive men in the coal mines. Men would raise glasses of alcohol to drink and start shaking, come under conviction. Testimonies of little children that were alive even up until a few years ago that said they would walk with their parents and grandparents and they would watch a fireball fall out of heaven and hit the church. And they'd start running and said, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. You got a TV program better than that? There's not one out there. There's nothing, there's not a ball game, there's nothing going on when the glory of God gets at the level that it's supposed to be at as we pray and continue to press toward it. And let me just say this, it doesn't take a lot of people doing it because God still stands by what he told Nehemiah. I still do things not by might nor by power, I do it by my spirit, saith the Lord. And that literally real causes us to realize it's not by how many people that are involved or all the technology we can gather to do it, but we've got to wait and believe God and pray for that time in which the Spirit of God and the touch of God and the unction of God comes upon us. Because let me tell you, church, the whole world is in trouble. I don't think that's really registering on us like it should. But the whole world is in trouble by what God has spoke to us prophetically about men initiating things and then losing control of it. Man, that's going on all over the place. You know, back in September, October, you thought you could get rich on cryptocurrency. <laughs> now what's happened? See how fast it can change? It can happen overnight. Well, I'm so sure about this. I'm so Listen, you only, you only need to be sure about one thing, and that, G, that is Jesus Christ is the very point of light you're going to have to stay focused on in these last days in order to make it because we're already out of the boat walking on the water, and we're going to have to be fixed upon Him in order to keep going in this journey. Hallelujah. Now, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, the Lord quickened this to me. Let me find my, my white notes I made here. Did I take that prophecy I just read back to the... I've got it here somewhere. I wrote a note on it. I need to read. Well, I'll find it here in a minute. Is it under my Bible? Nope. Maybe it's under this one. Well, it disappeared. I'll find it in a minute. 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, beginning in verse 6, we've studied this so much when it comes to authority. But our posture, everybody say posture. Amen. Our posture in these last days, and we've said this and taught along these lines, really encourage you to get into that posture, must be a posture of resistance. Amen. And that posture of resistance must be with the authority that's in the name of Jesus, the power of the Word of God, and the power of the Holy Ghost that abides in us and is upon us. That means the resistance that we muster is not of our own. It's God resisting what the enemy's trying to do. Now, here in 1 Peter chapter 5, by the time Peter was writing these letters to the church, the church was under great persecution. 
I do not believe the liberties that we have as churches in these last days is going to continue as, how can I say this, as, as wide open as they are. Yes, there is persecution coming upon the church. Amen. A church that's very, very connected to us and very dear to our hearts was closed down by law enforcement. They told them you can't meet like this anymore. Now why are people doing that? Because the greatest threat to the trouble that men are initiating upon this planet through cooperation with Satan himself is us. Did you realize that? So this gives you a, a kind of an idea of the enormity of the grace that we're walking in in this day and hour. You say, what do you mean by that? Boy, if the enemy could, he'd wipe us all out in one big, one big swipe. He knows one of the last things that need to happen on this planet right now is for a bunch of people to get full of the Holy Ghost and start declaring that they're going to go out into the harvest and see God do something. He doesn't want anybody to do that. And if we're not careful, what the enemy will do is he will try to keep us in a close action combat with our needs. Well, that's, that's good. I love that. That's good, brother. I say, I tell you, that's all well and good. That's, that's all good. I like that. That's what I, I like. But you know, I've got this situation going. I've got this problem going. I've got this going on. I've got that. You can't afford to be like that. You've got, to, you've got to learn to set down that which you're really contending against and pick up that which God is telling you to do. Because in the midst of you picking up what God's telling you to do, it's amazing how he takes care of those things that were contending against you. The Bible talks about in Joshua chapter 5. Man, I love that. That's one of the greatest exposés of, of people just were tired of being in the desert. Let's get up and get moving. God saw their hearts. And a great change took place. A previous generation died that would not go into the things. Amen. You know, I know there are things. I know this. There are things that the previous men of God and women of God taught and practiced in the previous generation. They did not go into them. You say, how do you know that? Because they told me that. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin told me personally one time. He said, there are things I do not preach and things the church has not gone into because it's not ready. Well, there's just something about pressure that helps get you ready. When you need to wake up and realize, I need to get ready. I need to get ready. I'm not, not so much for what's coming upon the earth, but to be a part of what God is doing so what's coming on the earth don't affect me. Right. Now, now here, in, here in 1 Peter, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. We are living in a day in which self-exaltation is, is, is one of the things that you're seeing in the world in which people are exalting themselves to places. I, I'm telling you, I think there are people out there that think they're God. No, no, you know, I don't want to get political or anything, but I just think there are people the way they talk and the way they talk down to you and the way they say things and the way they minister things out. I know it's information. Well, that's good, pertinent information that we need to know. Let me tell you something, church. There is a difference between presenting information and making demands upon people by that information that goes beyond the perimeter of what literally our nation was founded upon and what we're supposed to be. 
And the problem is a lot of people are not saying that. A lot of people don't want to recognize and realize that. But our freedoms have been so encroached on that we've had to, as believers, make decisions. We're the type of people that are not shutting down again. We're not going to quit again. I'm just a part of a few preachers around this nation that have made that declaration in their pulpits. We're not shutting it down again. We will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, even more so as the days grow evil. Amen. You say, well, what if the government says you cannot have services? What are you going to do now? I'm going to have services. You say, well, where are they going to have them? Where are you going to have them? Pray and the Holy Ghost will show you. When, the, when you get there, I'll be preaching. I talked to an evangelist that went to Cuba. This is years ago. This is when I first went into the ministry. And I asked him, I said, how do you, how do you, how do you preach to a crowd in Cuba? He said, you know what we do? We rent a building. And in that building, we bring a praise and worship team. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, we start worshiping God. And he said, for about two or three hours, curious people will begin to walk by. And they'll look in there and somebody walk in there and listen to a song. And so, He said, but after about two hours, you'll see someone slip in and they'll, they'll just stand up. And next thing you know, you see their hands in the air. He said, you know, a couple hours later, there'll be 30 people in there. He said, usually by about 4 or 5 in the afternoon, that place will be packed and we'll have a glorious meeting. People get saved, blessed, filled with the Holy Ghost. And before anybody can say anything about it, everybody be gone. That's what church looked like in persecution, see. So we got to be willing to go the, any direction that God says to go according to the trouble of that which is coming upon the earth. And one of the ways we're going to be able to navigate that is staying humble. Staying humble in our spirits. Staying pliable in the hands of God. Not, not being resistant to Him or the urgings of the Spirit or the things that He desires for us to do. Being very keen, listening to God, especially on the level of protection. Don't just take it for granted. You can move about like you used to. It pays to pray. It pays to pray and see the direction that God would have you to go. Humble yourself, therefore. Now notice this. Not under some crazy doctrine or not under some, but under the, under the mighty hand of God. Man, you ought to go do a study of the hand of God. What happened to men and women when the hand of God came on them? Woo, they did some stuff when the hand of God came on them. Amen? And that's what you want. You want, you want to humble yourself under that hand that when it comes on you, it turns you into a superman or a superwoman. In faith, by the power of God. Under the mighty hand of God that he, what, what does it say? Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Now here's, here's what I want to get to this one tonight. There are some things we need to unpack and leave here tonight. Does anybody have anything like that? Four of us. Glory to God. Glad you came. You say, what is it? Well, it could be anything especially that has done something to you emotionally. It could be anything in your life, maybe a great trauma, maybe a great disaster, maybe a great tragedy, or even maybe a great blessing. You say, why? Because many times blessings will influence you in such a way that will cause you to pull back from God. So you've got to get to the point where nothing that God blesses you with becomes a weapon of your enemy. That happens to people. This is not a day and hour which your business gets so blessed that you ain't got time for church anymore. This is not a day and hour that your business gets so blessed that you don't have time to go on missions trips or do what God's called you to do. This is not a day and hour to so submit to your job that you're working every day, seven days a week, 12 hours a day and never have time for church or God. 
That's called selfish. See, people, people don't like that because then it, it, it kind of puts something on them. But you've got to realize, church, we're living in dangerous times. We're living in a, in a day that in a moment of time, the next news broadcast, something could happen. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy predictions. Of course, as the year begins to come, I went through the Internet. I looked for some of those. I thought, oh, my God, don't even, why are you even saying that? Trying to tag the name of Jesus on it. And they call it prophecy, and it's a bunch of doom and gloom. But in reality, true prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. And if God gives us a word of wisdom, which does go down through the portals of time, then usually it's connected to something glorious that He does at the end of it. Yeah, you'll go through the trouble, you'll go through the valley of the shadow of death, but then you're going to end up on the mountaintop. Glory to God! And some of you have gone through the valley of the shadow of death this year and you've got to realize God has taken your trajectory and He's turned it upward now. You're no longer walking down into the valley. You're no longer, you're no longer walking level in the valley, that valley. You're coming up out of the valley. Not that we forget. Not that we you know, don't have fond memories of this or that. But there's sometimes we just have to take the emotion of something and say, you know, that's enough. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. And see, what we do many times is we allow the, the emotion. I, I tell you, I, for me, it's been uh, the craziest year. I've never preached more funerals in my life. I've never seen more, uh, more pain. I, I, today, I had to make a phone call today. Guy called me up and said, my brother's dying. He's got pancre- uh, pancreatic cancer. And he'll be dead in a few days. He loves you. He listens to you. He wants, to, he wants you to do his funeral. He said, but would you please call and make sure that if he dies, he goes to heaven. Amen? Well, of course I did. Of course I called. Of course I made sure. Of course I said we'd help whenever something like that. Listen, we've got to be those that are there for people. And you can't be there for people if you're tore up, messed up. Amen. God wants you many times to understand, yes, we do go through things, but we can't allow those things we go through to become a seed in our life that's going to produce something down the road that's bitter or bad. So many times we have to come to the place where we make a decision, cast in a care time. What is a care? Something you really care about. There's been people I've prayed for I really cared about that they'd get saved and God said to me, that's enough. Cast that care. Don't pray for them anymore because you're carrying that care too far. Amen? I mean, it's just, it's just it, it has been a crazy year. And there's just some things you just have to leave. You just have to say, well, I'm not going to deal with it in my mind anymore. I'm not going to let it encroach into my mind. I'm going to live in the joy of that which God has provided for me through salvation. I'm going to cast that care. How do you cast a care? Well, the same way that you carry one. How do you carry one? Well, you talk about it all the time. Talk about how you feel. Talk about how down you are. Talk about the event. Talk about this. Talk about that. And all of a sudden, that thing gets weightier and weightier. And there's a certain place on your scale that it hits the emotional thing. Boom! And then here come the tears, and here comes the woe is me. And it didn't take too long of crying like that, where you feel weak. Now I'm weak. And then the devil comes and tells you what a dog you are. Now you're a dog. Come on, church. He ain't never changed his tactics. So what, he, what you need to do is to get rid of that platform which he comes in on. Because he'll, he'll try to manipulate you, and he'll try to keep you just, just kind of like, just kind of in this melancholy kind of, Amen. You know what melancholy is, don't you? Head like a melon, face like a collie. (laughs) Should I have said that? I don't know. 
kind of late now, amen? But that's the way people do get, they get that way sometimes. They lose that true aggression that needs to be on the inside of us. That true, that true spirit of being on the offense and going and take, that, this is mine. That joy is mine. That peace is mine. I want my song back. I want my peace back. I want my heart back. I, I, want, I want my health back. I, I, want my, I want my vision back. I want, listen, I want it all. Everything the enemy tried to take from me. Yeah, it may have put some chinks in my armor, but I'm still here on watch night service. You know why they call it watch night? You might know why they call it watch night. Because when they had real moves of God in the power of God, listen, they never missed a night. But always the enemy of the year was special because that's the night they would watch into the next year. And they'd say, oh, we're going to believe God and the glory of God and the power of God. And and they'd begin to talk about how they are watching and they're watching and they're ready and they're watching and why they want God to... See, that's the way God's wanting the church to get back to that. And when we get back to that and begin to function, then in services like this, when it's time to just cast that care, just cast that care, there's an anointing for it, Spirit of God, the Word, you can connect your faith to it, just make a decision. I'm just not carrying this any longer. When you do that many times, the relief of that that gets into your soul. I mean, it's just, it's just so refreshing. That's the real, true refreshing that the Spirit of God brings. Here's the, here's the problem we're facing. I don't really see a turnaround in what we've been seeing in the world. You know, things, things are going to turn around. Things are going to get better. They're not letting it. I said they're not letting it. So in the midst of that, we've got to realize that what's been going on is probably what's going to continue to go on. So in trying to believe God for that to change, that's, that's, that's just stupid. That's not going to change. So what do we need to do? We're the ones that need to change. We make the adjustment. We submit ourselves to God. We humble ourselves under His mighty hand. We resist the devil. We cast our cares. We get our joy back. We get our peace back. We get our songs back. Listen, there's much, there's much that God has spoken to many of you guys over the years. The word of the Lord that has come to you about ministry, about business, about songs and music, about books being written, about all kinds of wonderful things. Listen, just because this is going on in the world, that doesn't mean God's put His plans on hold for you. That means it's time to rise up now and do what God said to do and do it in the midst of these terrible circumstances so God gets even more glory for doing it in your life. Now, how's my time? I don't even know. (laughs) Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist? Somebody say resist. To muster active opposition to remain strong against the force of that which would oppose, to not allow the effect or harm render you helpless. Now listen to me. I've had some things hit me this year that harmed me. I don't care what you say. I've had some things hit me that harmed me. I'm not talking about any church thing or any, just events that happened in my just in the everyday you know, I lost my dad this year. I, and I don't like to say it like that, but for us, it was a loss. To him, it was a gain. Yeah. 
Others of you, it was your family members. We had, we did their services. Others, we've, you know, we conducted one Friday of a of someone that comes to. I mean, we've seen that a lot. And especially those that come to church here and, and people that love the Lord and family. Man, that rips at your soul, rips at your emotions, your mind, and your will. Amen. But you've got to realize it's only in the resistance of that which would try to come in you and mess you up. It's only in the resistance that that grace and power is released. You say, what do you mean? When you're not resisting, the enemy is having his way. And I tell you, I got on top of all of this real quick. I got on top of the physical thing. I got on top of the emotional things. And I'm telling you, not all of it's easy just to say, well, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, I'm okay. I'm telling you, there's some times you got to agonize in prayer. You got to pray. You got to stand on that word. You got to declare it. You got to just declare it to yourself and tell self, you're going to believe this. Amen. There's an active opposition in the spirit realm that many believers have never developed. But I'm telling you, you're going to need it. You're going to need it in the days ahead. Because you don't want to get swept away the wrong way. Now, now let, let, me, let me bring it to a close here. Be sober. It's so easy to come under the influence of what's going on. How many subjects out there are controversial? Every one of them. Let me tell you what controversy does. <laughs> controversy. Is that better? Okay, let me tell you what it does. It forces you to choose a side. Everybody wants you on their side. But the problem is, you ain't got but one side you're supposed to be on. And if you spend yourself trying to get on these other sides, it's going to wear you out. And that's going to suck the life out of you. Because they're all designed to suck the life out of you and the strength out of you. Listen, there's many causes in the world, but there's only one commission. Anybody can take up a cause. But a commission is like what we do to our officers. You say, what do you mean by that? You've been commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ as, a, as, a, as an officer in the army of God. And He expects you to arm yourself, to put on the equipment He has given you, and to engage your enemy in a victorious demonstration of His defeat. And you do it hour after hour. Minute after minute, day after day, week after... You say, well, what if I stumble? What if I... You just you get back up on your feet and you get back in that posture of victory. I've had to do it with pain in my body. I've had to do it with no money in my pocket. I've had to do it and it looked like there's nothing was going to work, nothing was going to happen. Oh, and it looked like everything was going to fall apart. I'd had to do it. And God is faithful. Amen. Don't let... The news media, we are under a literal bombardment, a bombardment of information. Come in, and some of it's good, and some of it's crazy, and some of it's bad, and some of it's this, and some of it's that, but it all has a design to sweep you away into the narrative of the day and to make you put up your hands and become overwhelmed by what's coming upon this earth. That's why, the, that's why the word says, in these days, many's, many hearts will fail them for fear of that which is coming upon the earth. Amen. A lot of heart disease going on. People are, people are fearful. Be sober. Everybody say sober. Don't get under the influence. Be vigilant. That means stay with it. Stay with it. Stick with it. Stay with it. Come to church. 
Read your Bible. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come to prayer meetings. Come to church. Give. Witness. All the things you know to do. Listen, that's where the grace of God for your life is. That's where it's living. That's where it's abiding. It's abiding in your obedience. It's when you get out of your obedience that you get over here and self-inflict yourself with something. Now you have to have mercy. And after mercy comes recovery. And that all takes time. And while you're taking time to receive mercy and recover, everybody else is pulling out in front of you. You don't want that to happen because we're in a race. We're in a race we've already won. We just got to keep moving in the race. And I'm telling you, if you've ever been in a race, you start getting close to the finish line, you, you, I tell you, you run a little harder. I believe this is, if you know what this means, I believe we're fixing to enter into the kick of the church. Do you know what that means? Anybody that ever ran cross country, the true people that really had the gift... Because there's people that have gift. Basketball, we're going to have uh, Brother Daryl Strawberry. He had a gift. He had a baseball gift. There are people that have athletic gifts. Yeah. But man, those people, those, those cross-country guys that have that true cross-country gift, man, they'll run with you till about that last half to quarter mile. And then they got that kick. I used to marvel. I used to love to watch them because I was a high jumper. I didn't care much about running. I smoked too much back in those days. And so... <laughs> I just like the high jump, amen. I was the I was the I was the I was the shortest high jumper in the Pasadena school district, and I won second in our district contest. I had real springy legs, so I could jump real high. But I loved to watch those guys. They'd come in because they'd run their their marathon run. They'd go outside the stadium, then they'd ring a bell, and you knew they were coming in. And you could tell just the runners; they'd just be. But you could tell those guys that had that kick, man. The race was really usually between about two or three guys. And I'm telling you, the kick of God, whoo, glory to God, the kick of God is coming into the church. And in order to get you, say, what is, that's going to be the kick that's going to get you over into the place where God wants you to be at the right time, at the right place, doing the right thing with the right people so that God can just download into your life every good thing he's ever, you've ever believed for him to bless you with. Man. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that everyone in the world is going through the same thing you're going through. Some to a greater extent, some to a lesser extent. But we've got to realize We've got to realize, church, I think, when was it? Two years ago, Roland, we did the theme for such a time as this. That thing has rang so true throughout the, throughout the last couple of years that we're here for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Now listen, in this past year, through our live stream ministry, we've had 7,167 viewing our live stream. Now, as it's explained to me, what that means, as they count live stream, they use one point in which somebody with a device is downloading the service and they're watching the service live stream. But they say that could be anywhere from one person on a phone to hundreds of people on a, on a screen. And we've heard of all types of people in the area doing that. So you could take that number and multiply it by several, and I guarantee you, you'll figure out there's thousands of people in this area watching us on live stream. 
Did you know one, one, one miracle in this church could put them all in the church in one service? They see, it on that, they see that happen on that, on that screen, on that phone. They're going to say, I got to get there. The power of God's there. The glory of God's there. I guarantee you watch church where God's setting us up into this. Now, podcast download people that actually come to the podcast and download, which many of them for, are from other countries. I forget how many countries it was. It was, it was, it was 90-something or something like that. But 35,000 and 46, and that's only about half of what we were able to count. So probably close to 70,000 people around the world are downloading our, our messages and watching our services. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? It's because there's something going on here. Amen? Amen? I know people with much larger churches than that. They look at their numbers and they're in the hundreds. They're in the hundreds. But see, any time that you partake of something that gives you life, and we can't give any life, it's the word that we preach. It's the Jesus that we exalt. Amen? People are so hungry for that. But then the greatest challenge of our church is going to be to break that spirit of fear in people's lives and break that thought in people's minds if I go to church, I could get sick and die. Because the enemy is using that against a lot of people. And you cannot, you cannot, listen, you cannot criticize them. You cannot tell them you're wrong. or You can't do that. If you can't have compassion for people like that, what, what are you going to do? We have to bear our brothers and sisters' burdens in the Lord. The Bible says fear hath torment. I remember we were out of service for what, maybe four weeks, five weeks. Do y'all remember? Five weeks. And I think, didn't we come back like on a Wednesday night? It seemed like it was a Wednesday night, about 50 people. I think we were all kissing the floor. Some of y'all that were here remember, we were like, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, my God. I mean, it was like a homecoming, you know. That shows you. The devil knows that. That's why we need to stay in prayer over our churches in Ireland. The enemy's trying to use that to shut our churches down. We don't want them to go underground. We want them to be above so they can reap that harvest. Amen? So we have to realize, church, that there is a powerful... I was praying, and I said, Lord, what is... You could, you know, you could come up with a hundred things and say, this is what's really bad, and that's what's really bad. But in reality, it's fear. Fear has been used from the beginning. Adam said to, to the Lord, I, I was afraid. I was afraid. Uh, he could have said, where did you get that? Well, it came right from the devil. The devil is a fear devil like God is a faith God. And there's people in all of your lives, all of my life, in all of our lives, people watching us even right now that are just afraid. If I go to church, I may get sick and die. Amen? And our being here really isn't enough inspiration to help them get over what they need to get over. So what's going to do it? Our prayer, our intercession, our love, and our faith. And just telling people, we love you and we're waiting for you. 
and we're believing God, whatever that hindrance may be. Because see, over the years, as you continue to obey that fear, you get used to living with it. It becomes comfortable to you, becomes like a pacifier or an excuse. But if you make a decision, I'm not going to miss what God's going to do. And I may be afraid right now, but I'm going to fight through that. And I'm going to get through what the enemy's trying to do to me. I guarantee you, God will pour out his power upon you and you will not be afraid to come to church. I looked at statistics on church growth and literally in the last two years, the churches have emptied out in this nation. They have emptied out. It's become very convenient. There are some very quality. Uh, we have a very quality broadcast. Brother Dan and, and all the guys that work with him, Brother Philippe and all them, they do such a great job. Everything, they just got it going out of here beautiful and pretty. How many of you watched the, the, the isn't it a good one? See, you got to understand, a lot of people have just adopted that. The Lord began to talk to me. He said, everything about that, there's things we've adopted that we do that I'm going to get back and start practicing again because I know it's right. You say, what's that? One thing, I'm going to start dressing a little better and come to church. I would forgot about this. Now, I'm going to say this to you because it will help you if, you if you listen to it. I was in a meeting Brother Kenneth E. Hagan was conducting in Alexandria, Louisiana. Now, I was in a suit and tie back in those days, everywhere I went. I mean, I was in a suit and tie everywhere I went. And he got off on people dressing shabby and coming to church. And I thought to myself, now, why, well, here we are, place full of people, everybody wanting God, move of the Holy Ghost, great word from God, and this guy talking about how you dress. And he could see he was butting his head up against the wall, so he went to his Bible. I said, uh-oh. They done stirred him up. So he went to the Bible and he started reading about the priest, how the priest dressed. He began to, he began to talk about the old covenant and how they He said in the old covenant when they wrote the parchments of the Pentateuch, which they would do many times, especially if they were exploring a new area and fixing to build a new synagogue, that synagogue would need a Torah. That Torah was always handwritten. Those priests that would write that Torah would write the words and every time they came to the name of God, whatever that name may have been, Yahweh, Jehovah, whatever that name, they would stop, go and bathe and cleanse themselves, come back and write the name and keep on going until they got to it the next time. Sometimes they'd bathe two or three hundred times a day. That's how much they respected the glory and the goodness of God. Now let me ask you a question. If you look around at ministries that are really quality ministries, of people that are really preaching the Word of God, and you look at the congregations, what do you see? You see men and women dressed up. You see them looking good. You say, why is that? It's a reflection of what's going on on the inside of you. Now, I'm not saying you've got to go back to the, to the suit and tie of the 90s or something like that. But many times we get complacent. We think, well, we're just going, going to church, you know, and just kind of dress up. Gee, many times that hinders the anointing. I used to wonder why Catherine Kuhlman would dress Jimmy McDonald and Dino Carsonakis in tuxedos. Buddy, they were dressed to the nines. And when she came out, she would be dressed to the nines. You say, why? Because we got a better covenant based on better promises. That's what Brother Hagin brought us to that night in Alexandria, Louisiana. And when he did that, the glory of God fell in that place. Amen. Listen, it's okay to it's okay. It's okay just to just to come the way you it's okay. It takes an effort to dress up and come to the house of God. You say you really believe that? No, I know that. 
I know that. As we've undressed and dressed a little more shabby, the move of God has gotten a lot weaker. Because there's something about honor. When you dress to go somewhere, you're honoring either the person you're going to see or the place where you're going. Amen. So there may be some times when we just need to say, you know, maybe we ought to prepare a little more to go to church. And not just with the adorning of hair, plaiting of hair, or wearing of gold, but even, even in our hearts many times we come to church undressed. Amen. And I'm telling you, in the future, you're going to come to services in which all of your needs are going to be very pale in comparison to those that are sitting around you. They're going to be very hurt, very afraid. Did you know as we do this great outreach with this wonderful man who God has touched his life, did you know there will be people that will come to this service that will think, well, I may get sick and die, but I want to go see Daryl Strawberry. He knows that. God knows that. We need to know that. Amen. When those people get here fearful, we need to be the very people that put their heart at ease in which they recognize and realize when they walk into this place we're in the house of God. It's not going to look like that if we look like we're going to Walmart. Did you know when I go hunting, I dress for the park? And I got good stuff. I've learned over the years, buy the good stuff. It lasts longer. Feels better and looks better. Amen? I don't think, well, I, you know, I'm going hunting, so I, I, I'm just going, you know. No, you can't do that. How do we get off on this? My God, my God. It's good anyhow, isn't it? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's good anyway. Two things the Lord impressed on my spirit in prayer. This is not predictions. These are things the Lord's really pressed into my spirit. So I'm preparing to help minister to people in these areas. Physical and mental health will deteriorate in the world system. But addiction and the abuse of any and all substances will skyrocket. We must present the answer to those that get caught away by that. Seen and unseen forces will become more and more apparent in their effort to intimidate, manipulate, and control. Many believers in the coming year will be forced to make decisions that are very uncomfortable. But the Spirit of the Lord says to always follow the Holy Ghost. Follow the Spirit. Now, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to realize there may be pressure in which you just have to step back and be patient for a little bit. Patience is going to be a very key to you receiving from God the favor and the protection that you need. Because just something manifest, just because something manifests is in a moment of time, that doesn't mean you have to react to it the way they want you to react to it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Be patient. If you stay prayed up, you know in your spirit when it comes. All these things God's given us to help us and protect us. Amen. Read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It says in Proverbs, it's God's medicine. 
Read your Bible every day. Pray and confess the Word of God every day. Make it your lifestyle. Press, press through the, listen, press through the labor part and get to the passion part. Amen. Learn to intercede. There are ministries of intercession that God calls people to. Special anointings. But there are, all of us are called to intercede, to pray one for another. Know that prayer and confession is going to be the conduit in which God sends protection and blessing into our lives. Much of it has already been prepared and is waiting for us to move in that direction and get to that point in time in which our seed that we've cast upon the water is there and it's in harvest and ready for us to reap. Resist the devil in the area of your mind. Nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. Tell the devil, no, in Jesus' name, I do not think like that. Do it out loud. Do it with authority. And he said, well, what if it don't work? You do it again and again and again and again till it stops in Jesus' name, till faith takes hold. Sometimes you got to just get pushed far enough. Amen. I've learned a little bit. There, there was a lady I heard Brother Hagen talk about, a lady that he ministered to that tried to get the Holy Ghost for 40-something years. Amen. And the way he ministered unto her, I took that same pattern and ministered to a woman who also had been 40 years, quote, seeking. Amen. You say, what did you do? I made her mad enough to receive. <laughs> Amen. She, she, first thing she said, I remember there was a little, little Vietnamese woman, and I laid hands on her. I said, receive the Holy Ghost. She looked up and said, I can't speak in tongues. I said, well, there's the problem right there. I said, say with me, I can speak in tongues. She looked at me like I was from another planet. She said, I can speak in tongues, rolling her eyes, you know. I said, say it again. See, I heard Brother Hagen do that. I said, say it again. I can speak in tongues. I, can. I did that for about five minutes. She was so mad at me. Everybody was looking at her, waiting, wonder what's going to happen now. The last time I said, say it again. She said, I can speak in tongues. I laid my hands on her. I said, receive the Holy Ghost. She went, shikabahasapatahakata. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I'm, the, I'm, the tank, I'm the tank full guy, not the tank empty guy. I, my tank got empty the day for something. I was doing something, and I just missed a time or two. And I went and filled it up. It cost me more than it's ever cost me to fill that truck up. If you get empty, it always costs you more to get filled. And prices are going up. So it's better just to stay filled because then you don't even notice it. See, I filled up the other day for $4. $4? So, well, I was already full when I got there. I was just topping it off. Where'd you go? Same place you do. I just pulled in with a full tank. You pulled in with an empty one. Cost you more. Ooh, I'm going to get a message out of that one. It cost you more to run on empty. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands one more time. Thank you, Father. Oh, we worship you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do we have our... our uh, everybody here tonight 
that would like to receive communion, do you have a communion? If you do not, would you raise your hand and our ushers will bring you one? I think, do you, do you need one right over here? Anyone else? Danny's bringing you one right now. We good, everybody else? I've chosen a portion of scripture. We're going to receive communion, then we're going to pray. How about that? I've chosen a portion of Scripture in the book of Matthew. You know, it's always so good to, especially if you see a common theme or something happening in an event, to go read what's before it, then it, and then after it, to, to get the full picture of what's going on. Matthew's account, he was there of the Last Supper. You know, that's a Passover tradition, is that, is that supper that they eat. Out of that came what we do today, uh, an ordinance of the church called communion. Amen? Now, the reason it's communion is because even in that Passover meal, there was the revelation of being delivered out of, being brought into, out of Egypt, into the promised land. Amen? All the, all the, even, the, even the decorations of the table told the story of the Exodus. Amen? I mean, it's awesome. And if you go study, especially Matthew's account, Matthew, before this, Jesus was talking about all that would come upon the earth in the last days. Most of what he was talking about was his second coming and that which would take place after the second coming. Some of it had to do with, you know, the three questions that they asked there in, in Matthew 24. But some of it had to do with what would take place actually in 70 AD when Jerusalem was destroyed. Other things were about uh, the days in which we live in. And then he knew what was happening. He knew that he was drawing closer to the time in which he would be sacrificed. And that priesthood would offer him up. Could you imagine the emotion that, you know, Jesus was a man. He was 100% humanity. He's also 100% deity. Could you imagine the emotion that was in him, in his heart, as that drew near? But you know, the Bible said his true emotion was joy. He endured it for the joy that was set before him. He was counting it joy. And in that, in that Passover supper, now he had, he had been at Passover 33 times in his lifetime probably aware of it from the time he was of age of accountability, five, six years old. He knew everything that was on the table. He knew what was there. But this, this was going to be the most unique Passover that ever took place in the history of the world. Because it was the Passover in which Jesus would give himself to die for our sins. Now I don't, from my study, I, I just don't think the disciples knew the depth of it. They knew some things. They had experienced some things, seen some things, heard some things. But if you really knew the depth of what was going on, Peter would have never denied. Judas would have never sold him out. So we know there was even resistance to that, the enemy. You know, the Bible says if the princes of this world would have known, they would have never, never crucified the Lord of glory. Amen? So we pick it up here in Matthew chapter 26. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take eat, this is my body. Now, everything was probably going kind of normal up till then. Because there's no record of him ever doing that before. 
And because of the day in which it was, he probably never did. This was the first time. So he, so he took the bread and he kind of broke it and he's handed it out. Now that showbread that stayed upon the Passover table was never taken because that was the representation of the will of man to be obedient, to be a part of the Passover. And when Jesus picked up the showbread, he was saying to them, I'm going to break you by blessing you. He blessed it, he broke it. Then he handed to them, handed to him, and he said something so bizarre. I imagine they all just kind of went, What did you say? What did he say? He said, Take, eat. This is my body. You probably were going, What does he mean by that? Take eat. Now we're 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 two thousand years from that. We live in the revelation of what we call the full volume of, of the word that God wanted us to have. We know what the, we know the significance. They didn't. They did not know that. I mean, even even we read in Matthew when he's explaining to them by the scriptures after he had risen from the dead, I can see his frustration, and all of a sudden it says this: "Then open me the eyes of their understanding that they may know the scripture." You got to have God's hand to open the word to you. So in that place, Jesus speaks of his body being broken. We know according to what the Apostle Paul revealed in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that that broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ, glory to God, broke the power of Satan over our lives. For this reason was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy, that's the word, loosen and dissolve the works of the devil. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. So if you will, very carefully, take the top where the little host is, the bread there, pour it into your hand, and hold it up. Now we do this, this is a traditional act that we do. If we didn't do it, it wouldn't make any difference. Amen? But we like to do it because that broken body is so significant to us. So as I pray, you break that bread, and then when I say so, you just receive it. Father, right now, for that broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our thanks is eternal. Our worship from our hearts. We are so grateful that you allowed your Son, our Savior, to be broken upon that cross. And Father, there at that last true Passover supper, the last true one, He took the will of man and he blessed man with salvation so that man could become pliable in his hands. In great honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we receive of the bread. Now carefully, if you will, take the seal off the, off the juice. It says, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink ye all of it for this is my blood for this is my blood of the new testament which is shed for many oh, this is so powerful for the remission notice that's not the word forgiveness that's the word remission I mentioned as we began tonight to teach the word that the world's in trouble. But God's got an answer for the troubled world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 
His blood has not only cleansed every sin we will ever commit, but it has removed the iniquity and the motivation in the heart of man to break the laws of God. And by its power, you can break that same motivation in your flesh and mind and live free from sin and live a sanctified and holy life. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the blood of Jesus. That which purchased the church, that which remits our sins, that which is upon the mercy seat of God, that which cleanses the human temple so that the Spirit of God can abide. We will forever worship you. We will forever praise you. We will forever thank you for the power of your holy name and the ability of the blood of Jesus in our life. Hallelujah. Partake of the cup. Now lift your hands one more time. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I grew up in a wonderful church, wonderful pastors, great vision. God really used the pastors and many, many of the people that went to the church, God used them very powerfully, very mightily. But you know, what we did many times is we would have a time of consecration. That may seem very traditional or Pentecostal to you, but I'm telling you, out of those times of consecration, many times came a resolve to serve God. A lot of times we don't just, you know, the things we've taken out of the move of God and out of the church that I saw for many years as a young person growing up, I don't see any benefit to taking them out. Actually, I see a deficit. One of them being the altars that we've taken out. We don't come and kneel at the altars anymore. I'm a, we build that build when we build that building, we're gonna put some altars in there. We've got a place to come kneel and pray. People, well, that's just old school church. No, it's not. There's just something about being around that altar and praying. And you know, there's just something about making a consecration with a, with a church, with a group of people. And listen, don't, don't think that you're, you're, you're you've come to well, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. That, that. That's that's really not what God wants from you. God tries your heart as the, as the next few weeks and months and as this year folds into the next and folds into however much time we have. I believe our time is incredibly short. Incredibly short. Literally the army that will come down through Russia, down through Turkey, down through the Middle East and will approach Israel, according to Ezekiel 38, is already armed and together. And they're positioned at the Ukrainian border right now. And they're getting bigger every day. More and more troops. That thing ain't about Ukraine. That thing's about the Middle East. Always has been. Now when they do that, now listen to me. They could start marching tomorrow. Those helicopters could start flying tomorrow. 
when they do that, when they start approaching Israel, God will deliver them. Do you realize that? God will deliver them supernaturally. But He cannot deliver them if the church is still here. You say, why is that? Because God put the authority in the church. And the church is not called to do that. God's going to do that. That's going to be a sovereign act of God. That shows you how close we could be to the rapture of the church. I like what Joe Morris says. He says, as a football team in the two-minute drill, you maximize your time. You pull out your plays. You utilize the clock. You strategize more. You're more intense, especially if the game is tight. You use every second. You redeem the time. Amen? I believe that's how close we are. Well, Pastor, what about worldwide revival and sweeping heart? We've, we, it's not going to happen over a period of years. I believe it'll be a few short months in which an intense move of God will hit this earth. Can you imagine the opposition that will come against that? From every direction. And we'll need every believer strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And you wonder, some of you may wonder, why have I had to fight this fight for so long? Why have I had to fight this? Why have I had to go through this? Because God's building into you a greater resistance to whatever it is the enemy probes you and finds a weak spot in. And then also, I believe we're in a season of time in which the enemy is trying to bring counterattacks upon people in which we're countering those counterattacks so the enemy will see he cannot bring those against the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So tonight, I, I made a decision. I'm just going to consecrate myself to that which God desires me to do in this coming year. As a minister, as a pastor, as a husband to my wife, as a father to my daughter, as the, as the pastor to this church, to the, to the acquaintances and friends that, that we have that are so awesome. Look at the friends God's given us around the world. It just blows my mind. The best of the best. You notice not one of them we've had to use to try to build the church on because they grew some, drew some great crowd. I'm not against those. I've preached revivals with many guys like that. But notice, we've, we've uh, and it's not that none of them wanted to come. A lot of them did. I just didn't want to do that. I wanted people to come that a lot of people didn't know that had such powerful ministries. Man, I'm looking forward to Christopher coming for three straight nights. We're going to go invite the Muslims. Amen? Jesus loves them. I believe if we'll pray and intercede between them, that God will start preparing their heart. They'll start having dreams like they do other places in the world. God's going to start giving them visions. They're going to be all, and next thing you know, they're going to hear that Christopher Alam is coming to Island Church. They're going to read about who he is, and they're going to say, hmm. Amen? And we might as well get all the baseball players. If anybody needs Jesus, it's baseball players. My God. <laughs> but you know, there are times you've got to make a decision. I'm going on. There's times when you've thought, well, you know, I've fought so hard and I've done, I just, but God says, no, that's the time in which you need to consecrate yourself to go into that next level in God. And I've had times in my life, church, when I've thought to myself, Pastor Mark Brzee and I talked about this one time. And, and I told him, he said the same thing to me. I don't know if I could pray anymore. I, I don't know if I could, what could I do? What could I do more than I'm doing? I can't figure it out. 
I can't figure it out. Well, if you'll consecrate yourself to that which God is doing, He'll show you things. Maybe they're not be praying more or studying more. You may be doing all of that. It may be in your character, in your personality, and things in your life in which you're beginning to say, okay, God, I'm turning that over to you. Yes, you can have that. Yes, you can have that. You can have that inhibition. You can have that insecurity because I'm going to consecrate myself to you and allow you to cleanse, cleanse me, sanctify me, make me fit for the master's work in the last days. If that's you, stand on your feet right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, it should be all of us. Lift your hands up. Pray this out loud, Heavenly Father. Right now, I recognize and realize I'm on this earth for such a time as this. Thank you, Father. You've allowed me to have some spiritual enlightenment. By that enlightenment, tonight, Lord, I consecrate myself to you, to your plan for my life, to your will for the church, for that what you're doing in the earth. I give you my life, and I ask you, Lord, for the grace that I need to do what you've called me to do, to be who you've called me to be in these days. Awaken my mind to the reality of the day and hour in which I live. Let the urgency of your spirit and the desire for the lost burn in my heart as I ask you to take me to another level of witness in my life. Lord Jesus, this coming year, I refuse to be drawn away by the trauma and the controversy and the lies and the reality of all that's going on in the world and its system. But I will live in the cleft of the rock under the shadow of the Most High, depending upon you, Lord. You are my source for health, for wealth, for blessing, for protection. I need you. We need you more than any generation has ever needed you. Jesus, you are my Lord, my deliverer, my Savior. You are the love of my life. I care for you with an emotion beyond expressing. It'll take me eternity to express my thankfulness for that which you've done for me. Jesus, hold me in your arms. Reveal your word. Give me a hunger for things of the Spirit like I've never had before. I consecrate myself to the Word. You are the living Word. I consecrate myself to the church. You are the church purchased by your blood. I consecrate myself to the harvest which was purchased by your blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Spirit of God, say that with me. Now, Spirit of God, you abide in me. I am born again. Jesus is my Lord. You also empower me. 
I have experienced your presence, your language, your personality, and your power. I ask you tonight, as I consecrate myself to you in greater measure, more than ever before, fill me. Fill me. Thank you, Jesus. You received of the Father the person and the power of the Holy Ghost. Now fill me to the very top. I will not leave this year with the cares of 2021 hanging upon me by the power of the Holy Ghost. And as I pray in the Spirit, I unload this year. I put it in your arms, Lord. I cast my care in Jesus' name. Now as we pray in the Holy Ghost, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, come on, yield to the Holy Ghost. Nanda la bakaria paketele sutele mende biya bakale sutele mon. Oh, batekere manda sutele badaya. Oh, mana sukara dasikara daibarasa. Oh, we cast it, Lord. We cast it, Lord. We cast it, Lord. We cast it, Lord. Yo, mana kilatas. Nasa barakala pandesa badasa kitanda lenasa. Fill us. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Who all do we have in here? It's, uh, uh, help me real quick. Uh, 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 Bella, lay your hands. Chris and Bella, lay your hands on your unborn child. Where's Myra? Where's Doc? Go lay your hands on your un- unborn child. Uh, uh, Doc and Myra, lay your hands right there. Somebody come stand with Josh. Praise God. The Lord just said, pray for the unborn now. Pray for them now. Pray for them now. Father, right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray. If you've got a loved one that's pregnant, pray for them right now. Father, we lift them up right now in the name of Jesus. We fight for our children in the womb and out of the womb. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, devil, you'll not steal them. In Jesus' name, you'll not steal them. You'll not steal them. Yes, Lord, I know he doesn't know. He doesn't know. No, but I I stand in his place. I pray for his children. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I surround them with faith and love. No, devil. No, devil. No, devil. In Jesus' name. Hasabakebrata. Hakaremenemo. Hasurubokila. Armandesete. Ergirabadasa. Armandesete. 
Maseke, Ezekete, Ezutuba Isaketo, Osamanama, Herobotos, Herakimana, Nesubratake, Ereketebe, Esubarase, Ekelemene, Esurabate, Asarakita, Esutarabata, Ekeremandeba, Erabadase, Ikelamandebada, Erebede Suta Katanda, Tatara, Maa Parata, Arapatara Keretes, Oracatus, Ekelemeni Manasut. Never do so, Rikia Protesat, Mavrakete, Teshiv Rapat, Esubakisapa, Tesubra Tesuva, Ekelenen, Emana Setetebet, Herakitabo Tasuva, Badaketibata, Heramanda Karasutelebut, Haramanda Batesut, Ekelebedes, Heramahas, Ekelebedesut, Hanamanaset, Ekelebadas, Handelabata, Heragia Ramanas, Heramanas, Nesutebaka, Tebota Sutabaka, Ekelebedes, Sutabata, Hesembande, Ben Botekelinida Marsatele, Haraka, Sekele Descendemet. Andra bete subredas, andra gete buda sutaraki, ekelemene mene sutereda, nengira bada sutele buda, haragade sutele bata. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, now, if this is bizarre to you, then then just uh, judge our hearts as wanting to do the right thing. Amen. But I, I think I just really, my spirit, the spirit of God just really touched my heart and said, pray against death. Just pray against it. Well, it's just natural. I don't give a God. I don't care what anybody says. Let's just pray against it. Amen. I mean, premature. Somebody lives out their life, wants to go into heaven. Go on. Praise God. We'll rejoice with you. But no, no. We're still, we're still a young crowd. Amen. Uh, we, need to, we need to all be here next year. Yes. I said we need to all be here next year. I said we need to, and listen, we need to all be here and we need to have somebody with us next year. Come on, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you said you won the gates. You won the keys of death, hell, and the grave. We bind death in this church in the name of Jesus. We bind it by accident, by disease. By any other, by overdose, by whatever the enemy tries to use to kill people. We say no, 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 no in Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Now, who has a message in tongues? Somebody is stirring. And go ahead, Rob, give that out. Now you've prayed and you've asked for acceleration. And you stood upon the word and declared that things would begin to move. Well, get ready for that acceleration has begun tonight. It starts in the spirit with the stirring of the hearts of men and women.
and then it rises to a crescendo and a climax in which you think, wow, the surrealness of that which is going on in the world is nothing compared to the incomplete euphoria of what God is doing now. And you shall see a peace you've never seen before. And you shall hear a word you've never heard before. And you shall see in vision what you've never seen before. And I tell you, if you'll stand firm on that which you know to be true, even the dreams of that spoken of men of old, the great move of my spirit, the great demonstration of my power, you shall see right here in this place. <laughs> and yes, you will take it to a new building, to a new building as the harvest comes in and many will rejoice in the obedience of the few. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, who else? Someone else has one. Alan, give that. Now, the pain of this world will increase. And certainly my compassion is in your heart. But there is a limit. For you carry the answer within your spirit of the light that overcomes the darkness. Instead of you being infected by the sorrow and the grief, there is an affectious anointing coming upon you. In which even the ha 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 and the joy of everyday life, of just getting up in the morning and knowing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. When the song of God in your heart and the peace of God in your mind, you'll dispel the grief, the pain. And there will be those that will come around you just to sense the peace they have when they're around your life. Oh, use it. Use it. Use it to its maximum potential. Let the joy bubble up out of you. Let the glory of my presence be in your midst like never before. You shall see as that sorrow increases, so shall your joy. You shall see as that pain grows in the world system. And as they begin to realize, oh my, oh my, oh my, what has begun to happen? You'll say, here we are, here we are, here he is, here he is. And they'll see and they'll hear. And they'll come and drink at the spring. And life will flow unto them. And they will have that which you so desire them to have. That which I've released through your own life. So be faithful and get ready. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One more. There's one more. Wave your hand if you've got a message in tongues. There's still, I still sense, I still, yeah, yeah, go ahead, brother. Trey, give that out, Trey. Now I am the lion of the tribe of Judah. I am the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. My spirit and my presence abide in you and my word dwells richly in your mind. This will be a year in which you will learn when the lion is in operation and when the lamb is in manifestation. For there will be times in which I will rise up in you so strong it will alarm you. But you will know that I am working on behalf of others to set them free and deliver them. And there are other times in which my compassion will flow 
and you'll weep and you'll moan and you'll groan in the spirit as you begin the birthing process of the sons and daughters that will come into the harvest and all that I've showed you that I will do. So let the expectancy of your heart grow large tonight. Let go of the pain of the previous year and the past that has tormented and haunted you. Stand in the victories of your God. Make a decision. I'll never be moved. And you shall see that the days ahead shall be glorious. Your path shall be well lit. Your direction shall be plain and clear. My spirit shall cause the maximum effect of my protective power to cocoon you in this hour like never before. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, can we, Roland, do we have our, is our praise team, team still here? Let's get everybody back together. They better be. Yeah, I agree. I know Frank's here. Frank's been working hard all night. Amen. Let's get all of our praise team. Y'all want to worship God before we go home? Now, let's just do this. I know just about everybody here. Anybody else got anything in your spirit? Sometimes people have things in their spirit. They, many times people sit on them for a long time. But you know, if it's of God, it'll register. People will, people will respond to it. And I know, look, I'm probably the worst person in the world to do stuff like that because people say, well, you know, Pastor Rusty, I, I ain't, I'm nobody. Amen. I like to know what the Spirit of God is saying. I like to know what, what He's doing. Listen, get sensitive to, sensitive to the Spirit. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Phew. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, for there are those that the door will open wider than ever before. And even though you've gone about doing other things, you said in your heart, Lord, I want to be out there in the midst of it all, full time, on fire, declaring, proclaiming, and demonstrating the life and glory of God. This is your year to launch. This is your year to stand in faith and say, yeah, that's me. This is your year to stir that which has already gone down just as an ember. But even this night, my spirit has fanned it into a flame. So get ready. For I'm looking for anyone who will say yes to the assignments in which I'm giving out in this day and hour. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let's do this. Uh, can we do our worship songs? Sure. That we did? Sure. Let's do our worship songs. I want as many as want to, I'm going to. I'm just going to come down to the altar and I'm going to worship God and I'm going to make these two worship songs my time of consecration. I'm just going to consecrate myself to the Lord to do what God's called me to do in 2022. Amen. I mean, you can tag all the different poetic, you know, 2022 year of the breakthrough. I've heard them all. But listen, we don't get nothing unless we seek God and be pliable in His hands. So praise team, glory to God. Are y'all ready? Yes. Amen. Church, if you will, we'll worship God together. And then let's gather back out and we'll close with a closing prayer. Amen. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now listen. Ever heard somebody say to you, get a hold of yourself? God's, God's directing the church to get a hold of itself right now. Usually somebody will say that some, to someone in a time of calamity in which somebody's maybe panicking or having a, you know, just not doing the right thing. And somebody say, man, get, get a hold of yourself. You know, that's, that's what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Get a hold of ourselves. And it's very sobering to know that God would say that and be ready. Things are coming upon this earth that if you're not ready, they're really going to shake you. God does not want them to shake you. He's telling you tonight to be ready to get a hold of yourself so that your reaction to what happens in this earth will not be like this world. That even when things happen and you're in a place, maybe it's being broadcast on the news or something like that or whatever goes on. Maybe it's in a, in a business situation, a medical or something, and that hits. Your, your reaction will convince many that you know something. You say, what do we know? We know that Jesus has us in the palm of his hand. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he will be with us even until the end of this age. And the end of ages don't come like smooth ice cream. <laughs> it can be a little bitter. And this, this is the one. We read the scripture several weeks ago that said, There'll never be a time like this on the earth before. Before or again, like, like we're in right now. Fathers, we leave tonight. Lord, we that are here have made a decision to end this year in the house of God. To cast our cares, to trust you in this coming year, to declare our, your safety, your provision, your guidance, your direction, where our faith, Lord, is working, your grace in great manifestation. And Lord, every time and everywhere we make mistakes, we thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Lord, I pray your protection upon every person, every married family, every married couple, every child, every grandchild, every aunt, uncle, our family ties and our church ties. Let them be stronger than ever, Lord, as we truly come to the revelation of how much we need each other. Thank you for the moves of God. Thank you for revival and refreshing. Thank you for awakening and harvest that we are entering into its season. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your great love. Wherewith you've loved us. Father, we know the time is short. The times are desperate. And the devil is wicked and deceptive. But Jesus, you're Lord. You're truth and you're light and you're life. And you're the glorious head of the church. You're the glorious head of this church. So we thank you, Father, that with courage, strength, and boldness, we enter into 2022. Not doubting anything that you said you would do. But thanking you and glorifying your name, knowing that Jesus Christ is always yesterday, today, and forever the same. Walking in holiness, righteousness, and faith, 
declaring our victory, setting others free, living complete victory. Fathers, we leave tonight. We declare that you're our source. Health, protection, salvation, blessing, deliverance, you're our source. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our brothers, our sisters, our friends and our acquaintances here at Island Church. For the, for the congregation that is here, for those that are not here, and for those that have not yet come. We pray for them. We thank you for courage and boldness and strength in these last days. Fathers, we leave tonight inspired by your spirit. We made this declaration years ago. We stand by it tonight. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood. We're empowered by the word. And we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.